This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. of us has sin in his life we've all done wrong in our lives we all have dirty laundry that we don't and every one of us is expecting Allah to turn a blind eye every one of us is hoping that Allah is Ghafoor Rahim and Allah is the most high and the most forgiving so therefore I'm you know I'm really hopeful in my heart that Allah is gonna turn a blind eye to all the sins I've committed in my life and he's going to forgive me, and I'm just going to waltz straight into Jannah. You want Allah to deal with you like this, and you can't forgive your brother and your sister for something that happened in this world? You can't let something so trivial, and wallahi, no matter what's happened, I don't care what took place, it's trivial if you put things in context. You can't let a little issue slide. You can't let it go. But you want Allah to forgive you for years of not praying, for years of not fasting, for years of drinking alcohol, for years of committing zina, for years of haram and fasad. You're expecting Allah to forgive you for that. And you can't find it in your heart to forgive a Muslim, a Muslim for something that was far less. Bismillah walhamdulillah Wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah We praise Allah Azza wa Jal, the King, the Master, the Sustainer, the Creator of the seven heavens and the earth And we send peace and blessings upon His beloved Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam My brothers and sisters With all due respect To whoever was on the stage and to whatever took place. But I have to say loud and clear that it is very, very important for every single believer to understand that the Prophet of Allah says, Man kana yu'min billahi wal yawmil akhir falyakul khayran aw liyasmut. The Prophet of Allah says very clearly in his authentic hadith that let he who believes in Allah and believes in the last day, let him speak that which is good, or let them remain silent. And this is something that every single one of us needs to understand. That the order of the Prophet of Allah, who we claim we love, clear, direct order, that before any one of you opens his mouth to speak, 
let him or her be sure that what I'm about to say is good or else the order of the Prophet of Allah is to remain silent. Today everyone is opinionated and everyone wants to speak on matters. This is the very essence of our destruction. That everyone has an opinion. That everyone wants to talk. That everyone wants to share how he or she feels about the matter. Well, I have news for you. No one cares. The order of the Prophet of Allah is to remain silent. People think, you know, ah, oh, but I'm really boiling up. Well, I have news for you. If you keep, and excuse the expression, if you keep your mouth shut and you don't speak, you actually get rewarded for it. So wallahi, you know, whether this topic or any other topic, unless you have something good to say, honestly, keep your mouth closed. Wallahi, it's better for us. Something I had to get off my chest, forgive me, you know, but this, this, Allahu A'lam, anyway. My brothers and sisters, the topic I've been given is forgiveness. Wallahi, my brothers and sisters, the topic of forgiveness is an issue of iman. And like I said yesterday, I will say it again today. Every single person sitting in this room, brother and sister, you have to now, right now, in yourself, you have to believe that there's no one else in this room and this talk is fully, completely directed to me. If you are now thinking about the people in your mind, the people in your life that really need to hear about the topic of forgiveness, then I'm here to give you glad tidings that you are a person that has corruption in their hearts. Because if Allah wanted that person to hear it, wallahi, they would be here. But they're not here. You are here. So you need to ask yourself, oh Allah, why did you put me here? The issue of forgiveness is an issue of iman. And every single one of us, one way or another, we have a problem with someone in our lives. And I'm telling you now, if you, you, that's right, not them, if you don't sort this problem out, Wallahi, I take an oath by Allah, you will stand before Allah on the day of judgment and you will be in grave danger. Because the Prophet of Allah, forgive me, you know, I'm already fired up, you know, forgive me. But Wallahi, the Prophet of Allah, who we claim we love, we claim we follow, he says in his authentic hadith, forgive, forgive, forgive those that are on the earth, forgive those that walk around you, forgive those that live amongst you, so Allah Azza wa Jal can have forgiveness upon you when you meet him. Show mercy to those who are on earth. Show rahmah, forgiveness. Show compassion to those that are on earth. Why? So that the one in the heavens will have mercy and show compassion towards you when you meet him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. The issue of forgiveness is an issue of iman. It's what separates Muslims 
from believers and those that are on high levels. Those who want to achieve status, then they are those who forgive in their hearts. So I'm sure now automatically now you're thinking in your mind, I'm sure there's a process that's going through. You're thinking, brother, very nice talk, mashallah. I like your words. Very cute, mashallah. But you don't understand what people have done to me and how grave the dangers and how grave the crime is that they've committed to myself. Well, today I'm here to speak to you in specifically. Today I'm here to tell you to forgive regardless of how serious the crime is or was. Muslims are people of forgiveness. Believers are those who have rahmah in their hearts. We are not people to carry grudges. We are not people that carry grudges. And wallahi, what breaks my heart the most is amongst us, Muslims amongst themselves, there's bitterness, there's hatred, there's wars that people go to war on Facebook. They go to war with each other, slamming each other, degrading one another, exposing one another, revealing secrets about one another. Where has this rahmah gone in our hearts, man? Where has this mercy gone? What has happened that we have scooped so low? And people, wallahi, Muslims, people that go to the masjid, people that pray in the same masjid, but they don't give salams to one another. Wallahi, you see people at funerals, weddings, Eid celebrations, people, please, the brothers in the back, please, if we can have some quiet, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you. Please, the brothers in the back there on the desk, Muslims, Muslims, I'm not here to tell you, you know, Muslims, people who are standing in salah, but he won't give salams to the guy that's down the road. The guy that's down the, 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 the same saf, he won't give him salam. Sisters who claim to be believers and mujahida this and mujahida that, and people who claim tawheed, and we are on, wallahi, hatred, full hatred, in their hearts they wish death, they wish disgrace upon one another. Brothers, blood brothers, wallahi, I know someone in Sydney, blood brother, he hasn't spoken to his brother since he was eight years old. They live in the same house, wallahi, they sleep in the same bedroom. And you ask, and you say, brother, what's going on? He says, Wallahi, he says, I can't remember it was that long ago. Wallahi, I don't remember why we don't talk. Family, family, people that used to sit on the table, same table and eat food and pass bread. We don't talk to them anymore. I don't associate with people like that. I wouldn't be caught dead giving him or her salams. Really? This is our deen now? This is what we've come to? And people tell me, you know what, Kaz, listen. I'm a fair guy. You know, because 
Back home, I get caught up in many, you know, trying to solve disputes. You know, so people come to me, look, brother, you know, there's a big drama over here. Please, can you help us out? You know, so usually, all right, so usually I'll sit with one party and I hear their side of this situation. Then I go to the other side of the party, right? And then I go to the other party and people, Allahu Akbar, and how people clothe it, you know? That listen, brother, I don't want anything more than my haq. That Islam is a religion of eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. We only want our haq. I don't want anything more and I don't want anything less. These people have harmed me, so I want my rights and I want it in full. I'm telling you, if you think like this, woe to you. Wallahi, if this is your approach, I'm warning. I'm here in Norway today to warn. If you are someone who thinks like this, Woe to you, because if this is the door that you want to open, then Allah will open the same door with you on the day of judgment. You want tip for tat? Allah will open tip for tat on the day of judgment. And if He does, you're all going to hellfire with this mentality. Every single one of us has sin in his life. We've all done wrong in our lives. We all have dirty laundry that we don't... And every one of us is expecting Allah to turn a blind eye. Every one of us is hoping that Allah is Ghafoor al-Rahim and Allah is the Most High and the Most Forgiving. So therefore, I'm, you know, I'm really hopeful in my heart that Allah is going to turn a blind eye to all the sins I've committed in my life. And He's going to forgive me and I'm just going to waltz straight into Jannah. You want Allah to deal with you like this and you can't forgive your brother and your sister for something that happened in this world. You can't let something so trivial and wallahi no matter what's happened, I don't care what took place, it's trivial if you put things in context. You can't let a little issue slide. You can't let it go. But you want Allah to forgive you for years of not praying, for years of not fasting, for years of drinking alcohol, for years of committing zina, for years of haram and fasad. You're expecting Allah to forgive you for that. And you can't find it in your heart to forgive a Muslim, a Muslim for something that was far less. You know what I love about Sahaba? I love that they were real. And please give me your hearts. You see, many of us in trying to glorify Sahaba, thinking that it's out of love and respect, and I understand, you know. Many of us, when we speak about the companions of the Prophet of Allah, we make them almost as if they were angelic. They never did anything wrong. This is the biggest disease you could do. Sahaba were real people who had wrongs, who committed sin, who had differences of opinion, who had quarrels and conflicts amongst one another. They were real people. But you know what makes them special? The way they dealt with one another. After one of the battles in Islam, and please, wallahi, I beg you, I really want you to Leave Norway now, leave Oslo. You're not here anymore. I want you to really, I don't know, whatever works for you. Closing your eyes works for you, then close your eyes. Whatever it is. I really want you to imagine the story. And I really, in your heart, I want you to believe that you are there. While this story is taking place. 
After one of the battles, the companions gathered together and there was some booty of war. There was booty of war. Booty of war was usually gold, silver, swords, uh, livestock, whatever was left from the army that they fought. So the Sahaba gathered. And they started giving their opinions as to how they should distribute this booty of war amongst one another. So Abu Dhar anhu, and for those who don't know Abu Dhar, Abu Dhar is one of the big, big mama companions up there. And Abu Dhar was a real, real, what's the term, man? He was Arab, Arab, Arab to the bone. Yeah, and even Arabs, the Bedouins used to say, this guy's too Arab for us. Really staunch Arab. So Abu Dhar, you know, when the situation, you know, so when the turn came to Abu Dhar, Abu Dhar gave his opinion on the matter. He says, you know what, I think this is how we should distribute the booty. Then the turn goes around and it falls on Bilal radiallahu ta'ala anhu, the mu'addin of Rasulullah sallallahu For those who don't know Bilal, Bilal used to be a slave. He was a black man who used to be a slave whom Abu Bakr purchased and he freed him. So when the turn came to Bilal, Bilal says politely to Abu Dhar, he says, Abu Dhar, forgive me, but I disagree with your opinion. Allahu A'lam, I think this is what we should do with the booty of war. So Abu Dhar became so infuriated. He says, even you, Ya Bilal, even you, you son of a black woman, even you're going to disagree with me now? For those who have any deen in their hearts, they will understand that the words that Abu Dhar just uttered are massive words. So naturally, Bilal became so upset. What did he do? He was so upset, he left the gathering and he went straight to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now, I want to pause here for a minute and I want to talk about the situation that just took place right now. With all respect to the Sahaba and every one of them is here above our heads, inshallah. But just for our sake of understanding, I want to speak about the act that Bilal just did right now. He left the gathering and went to the Prophet of Allah. What do we call this in our day and age? He's a snitch. He went to Suk. He went to Dab, he went to snitch me into the Prophet of Allah. I mean, we're having a quarrel over here. Why do you need to, like a little girl, go to the Prophet of Allah and suck and cry about the matter? See, because our deen has been corrupted, our fitrah has been destroyed, today we don't live by deen. Really, deep down in the core, our principles are not what Allah and His Prophet say. Today, the laws and the, you know, the, 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 the norm of the streets, this is the code that we live by now. Because in my eyes and your eyes, Bilal is a snitch. He went to cry and suck to the Prophet of Allah. No, 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 we don't do that stuff. No, rather what you and I would rather do, you rather keep the issue in your heart, Hate on the brother and the sister for the next 20 years of your life. 
any opportunity you get to slam and destroy and eat their flesh and wipe the floor with them, you would love to do it. You won't give her salam or him salam for 20 odd years, right? Because you don't want to be someone that goes to someone that just might be able to help you in your situation. You see, Bilal didn't want to carry this around. So he picks himself up and goes straight to the Prophet of Allah and he says, this is what took place and this is what Abu Dhar said to me. These are real people. So the Prophet of Allah became so angry. He goes to Abu Dhar radiallahu ta'ala anhu and he grabs Abu Dhar and says, Abu Dhar, you are a man that still has jahiliyyah. You still have ignorance in your heart. What did Abu Dhar do? Did he say that little this and that little that? Is that what he said about me? Wallahi, I'm never... Nah. Abu Dhar realizes and acknowledges that I was in the wrong. Something that many of us, myself included, we're not prepared to do, man. That's the truth. None of us are ready to admit that we're wrong. Too much pride and arrogance in our hearts. You twist and turn stories just so that you don't have to admit that you were in the wrong. Well, I got news. Pride belongs to Allah. And anyone in the authentic hadith, anyone with an atom's weight of pride will never, he will never smell paradise. So you can paint it how you want. Abu Dhar now realizing, man, I'm in the wrong. How does Abu Dhar deal with the situation? He walks in the streets of Medina looking for Bilal. Then finds Bilal in the streets of Medina. He goes to Bilal, goes to Bilal and puts his head on the floor and says, By Allah, Ya Bilal, by Allah, Bilal, I will not lift my head off the floor until you step on it with your foot. And let it be known to the people of Medina today, which one of us is honored and which one of us is dishonored. An opportunity that most of us would love to have with those that hurt us. Muslims, they, Allahu Akbar, Islam is dripping all over him and her. But the hate they carry towards people that hurt them in their lives, like savage, wallahi, like savage beasts. Many of us, we put, no, 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 wallahi, you know what, I forgive them. They hurt me, but I forgive them. But deep down in their hearts, if they can get their hands on them. So how does Bilal deal with the situation now? Bilal was hurt. He was in the wrong. He's acknowledged he's in the wrong. He's publicly announced that I will not lift my head until you step on it with your foot. What did he do? Did he jump on his head? 
he gets down on his hands and knees, he kisses him on his forehead and he says, I forgive you and I love you for the sake of Allah. Done, finished, dusted, never to be spoken about again. This was Sahaba. This was the way our fathers and our mothers dealt with one another. To forgive, to let it go. No matter what the crime, no matter what the crime, forgive and let it go, man. Who are we? Which one of us here in this room, I challenge anyone from myself and work your way down if you like. I wallahi, I question anyone. Who of us here is free from sin? Who of us here has never made a mistake? Who of us here has never been in the wrong one time or another in his life? None. So what's the big deal? Let it go, man. Forgive one another. Have rahmah towards one another. Not for their sake. You know, some people think, yeah, but I hate this person. This person is so arrogant. My brother and my sister, it's not about them. They could be the worst people. They could be the scum of the earth. But it's not about them. It's not about if they're worthy of my forgiveness or not. It's about me and Allah. If I can't find it in my heart to forgive, then on what grounds, on what logic are you expecting Allah to forgive you? And wallahi, people come to tell me their problems. It's so pathetic. It's so trivial. Yet this is what they posted about me on Facebook. And this is what they said about me. And one time I was in a gathering, you know, and they never came up to me. You know, and we've invited them to all of our functions and all of our weddings. And they've never invited us to any one of theirs. You know, we go over their place and they never... Just the most pathetic rubbish I've ever heard. Really? Have we become so shallow? Where's this quality of rahmah? This quality of forgiveness. You know, my wife the other day was showing me a post on Facebook, right? Some woman was putting her situation about her husband between her and her husband, you know, and she's asking the sisters, what do you think I should do? Allahu Akbar, a whole list, a whole lineup of girls. Yeah, F that man, screw him, leave him, the hell with him. Look, you find the funny. You actually find that funny. Whatever happened to know, give him a go. Try to work something out. Maybe we can bridge the gaps. Speak to someone. No, 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 no. The hell with him. We've become a disposable society. Gillette's. You don't like it? Throw it in the bin. Get a new one. He hurt you. She hurt you. The hell with her. Get a new friend. Make it just rubbish. Everything's become rubbish in our time. Where's Rahma gone? Where? Where's this? Where's this making peace? Where's this forgiving? Where's where? where, where? Wallahi, I don't understand. You know, we, 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 
We claim to be the followers of the Prophet of Allah. Then I ask and I urge and I beg, Wallahi I beg, then follow him sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Wallahi, no matter what's happened to you or your family, or I don't care what it is, when you compare your situation to what happened to the Prophet of Allah, Wallahi, it dwarfs it. My sisters, you know, well, you know, Wallahi, my brothers and sisters, I, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. Wallahi, amazing. Your Prophet, your Prophet, your Habib, the one we claim that we love, the one we claim that we're ready to give our lives for, yeah? Our beloved Prophet, then wallahi, I tell you, don't follow me. Don't listen to my words. Don't follow the opinion of mashayikh and ulama. I'm just urging you, I'm begging you to follow your Prophet. You know, the Prophet of Allah was the most loved young man in Mecca. He was the pinup boy. He was the boy that all the girls loved. He was the girl that everyone in the community loved. As-Sadiq Al-Ameen, the most honorable and trustworthy young man. Then he embraces a religion. Then he is told that he's the Prophet of Allah. Nothing changed. He was still the same guy. He went from As-Sadiq Al-Ameen to the most loved, and he became the most hated. He was mocked. He was belittled. You think these Karuns are big? The Prophet of Allah was spat. They spat in his face, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, as he was praying, as he was in salah. You know, sometimes even on the streets, there's a code. Even amongst gangsters, there's a code of do's and don't do's. You know, you never hit a man that's not ready for it. It's called a dog hit. You know, it's called a dog punch. The guy wasn't looking. The man, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he was praying. In sajda, they used to come and throw the guts of animals, the guts of dead animals. They used to pour it on his back, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, as he was in salah. They harmed him. They swore at him. They threw rocks at him. They threw dust in his face. They spat in his face. They mocked him. They belittled him. They harmed his family, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So don't come to me with your little movie, you know. 13 years in Mecca, 13 years prosecution for what? Wallahi I ask, what crime did he do? What? Because he caught the Tawheed in Mecca, people used to make Tawaf around the Kaaba naked. Anything and everything went in Mecca. 365 idols. So what's the big deal? A man comes who claims there's only one God. What's the big deal? No, they went, Wallahi, they... They exhausted every avenue to make his life miserable, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. They killed his companions. His companions. You know, forgive me, maybe this is a bit much, but if I can't speak haq, then really, what are we here for? Sumayya, Sumayya, a female companion. A female companion for what crime? What did she do? Why? Because she says, La ilaha illallah. In, in Mecca, in front of the Sahaba, in the presence of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, they opened her legs and they rammed a spear in her private part and they killed her in front of him sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He 
His daughter was stabbed. She was pregnant. They divorced his daughters. For what? For what? What crime? I just want to... What crime? They stabbed his daughter, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. She was pregnant. She lost her child because of that stab. She ended up dying the following year, that same year. She ended up dying as a result of that wound. For three years they boycotted him in Mecca. Three years they boycotted him and all of his family, even the ones that were non-Muslims, they boycotted them for three years. Sahaba said we were eating the leaves of the trees. Our droppings became like the droppings of animals. So much harm was inflicted amongst them, upon them. Again and again, hostility. When he went to At-Ta'if, they pelted him for kilometers. I mean, a man comes to your town alone. You know, if you don't like his message, tell him to go back. No, that wasn't enough for them. They sent their children and they sent the mad people of their city for kilometers, chasing him, وسلم, pelting him with stones. He was bleeding from head to toe. In the battle of Uhud, Uhud, they killed his uncle Hamza radiallahu Not killed, they didn't kill, they absolutely mutilated the man, right? They muted him radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Muted his uncle. I mean, imagine him ripped his liver out. She took a bite from his liver. She chewed it and then spat it on the floor. Sahaba said, we never seen the Prophet of Allah cry like he cried when he seen his uncle Hamza. We never seen him cry like that. In narrations, he prayed janazah on his uncle 70 times. All this, all this. And when he returned to Mecca after years of prosecution, when he returns to Mecca with an army of 10,000 companions, the likes of which Arabia never seen before, and he entered into Mecca victorious. How did he walk into Mecca? In narrations, he was on his animal. He lowered his forehead so much, his forehead was touching the back of his animal. He was praising Allah, saying, Today victory belongs to Allah alone. When he stood in the haram, and those thousands of people who harmed him, kuffar, not Muslims, kuffar, now they are surrounded by 10,000 companions armed to, the, armed to the bone, ready at the drop of a word. They were ready to give their lives for him, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. They stood there, surrounded by 10,000 companions. Now, knowing we harmed this man for 20 odd years, we killed his children, we killed his companions, we mocked him, we belittled him, we wiped the floor with him. Yeah? All this towards him, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Now he returns victorious. He says to them, And what do you think I will do with you today? Many of us would love to get our hands on those that hurt us, man. He says, go. 
Go, every one of you is free. I forgive every single one of you, man. Kufar. And he forgave him. Your own Muslim brother and sister, you can't forgive. Really? You can't forgive him? Why? Do you feel like you're something in your heart, Yanni? Pride <laughs> belongs to Allah. Have mercy amongst one another, my brothers and sisters. Forgive one another. Wallahi, I don't care what the crime. I don't want a single person to stand up in the question and answer and throw me a scenario because wallahi, I'm going to throw it straight back in your face. Forgive and let it go, man. Forgive and let it go. Bury it. And wallahi, as soon as you forgive, you will feel an instant increase of iman. You know, many of us, my brothers and sisters, we're carrying mountains of hate on our shoulders, man. And many of us, we want closure to situations that have happened to us. Wallahi, I'm here today to tell you, go to those that have harmed you. Go to those who you harmed and sincerely ask for forgiveness or forgive them. Because some of us now, you're thinking, you know what, All right, the brother said a couple of nice words, I'm going to forgive that person, but I'm not going to let them know that I forgave him. I want to save face in front of the people. This arrogance and this pride will be your destruction. I'm telling you, go and make it public that I have forgiven this person and me and this person, we're equal, we're squared. The accounts are cleared. I'm not telling you to become best friends and go to the park and feed the ducks. I'm not telling you to do that. Some people in your life, they're actually bad for you and you're better off without them. That's not the point I'm making. I'm saying forgive and let it go. Forgive and let it go. Wallahi, forgive me, ma'am. I don't know where my time went. But I want to end with this. <clears throat> the Prophet of Allah was sitting in the masjid, authentic hadith. The Prophet of Allah was sitting in the masjid. And the sahaba were there. And the Prophet of Allah, he says to the companions... He says, a man is about to walk in. By Allah, he's from the people of paradise. I want you to imagine, you were sitting in that gathering, and the Prophet of Allah takes an oath by Allah, that the person that's about to walk into this gathering now, is from the people of paradise. So the Sahaba, they started you know, speaking amongst one another. Oh, who do you think it is? You know, who do you think it is? They're thinking, man, forget it. Some big mama's going, yeah, and some, either Omar's going to walk in or Abu Bakr. Yeah, and one, of, one, of, one of the big boys. So a man walks in. Half of them never knew who he is. They didn't even know who the man. Wallahi, even his name is not even mentioned in the hadith. Today, every one of us thinks, you know what? Let's look at the big, this is Islam. Yeah, look at this person, man. And look at that person. 
Wallahi, man, Allah doesn't look at actions, man. We judge each other through actions because we're shallow. Allah judges hearts. So they looked at each other and they, they, they said, Who, who's, who's this man? So the man walks in, no one knew him. The second day, the Prophet of Allah, same gathering, takes an oath by Allah, says the man that's about to walk in by Allah is from the people of paradise. So they look at each other, the same man walks in. Three days in a row, my time is up. Three days in a row, the same man walks into the gathering. So one of the companions, he says, man, forget this, I've had enough, bro. Who's this bloke? We don't even know his name. And the Prophet of Allah is telling me he's from the people of paradise. And I've given everything for deen. And the Prophet never, gave, he never guaranteed me paradise. You know this companion, his name was Abdullah ibn Amr. Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As. Let me just tell you a bit about Abdullah. Only so you can understand how deep this story is. Abdullah is the one who said, man, who, who's, who's this bloke? Three times he was promised paradise. And I haven't been promised. Abdullah is the son of Amr ibn al-As. Amr ibn al-As was the companion that opened Egypt. Yeah, are you with me? Amr ibn al-As is the companion that opened Egypt. His son Abdullah was one of the greatest ubad, one of the greatest people to ever worship Allah. And I'll tell you how. In narrations, in narrations, they say the gap between Abdullah and his father Amr, who knows? 11 years. Between father and son, between, between Amr ibn al-As and his son Abdullah, 11 years. You know what that means? Yani Amr had Abdullah when he was 11 years old, man. Today I've got brothers, they're 35 years old, he's too single. Because you thinking about getting married? Well, I'm too young. Too young? Okay, I had about 10 minutes that was taken from me for people to sit down. So please give me 10 minutes. The brothers and sisters, they're 35 years old, still not married. What's going on? You know, look, well, I, 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 I don't know if you've picked up. I'm a very practical thinking guy. I, I think logically. Any brother who tells me he's 35 years old and he's not married, and he says to me, well, I'm not thinking about it. Forget it, man. There's some young people here, bro. But I've got big words for you, man. Either you're doing some shifties on the darkies, man, or you've got some serious problems, bro. Anyway, so the difference between Abdullah and his father, Amr ibn al-As, 11 years. And Abdullah was one of those young boys who from the word go was one of the greatest ubad. He worshipped Allah day and night. So much so, just to paint the picture of how much of a habit Abdullah was. He was so much of a habit, his father Amr, he had to beg his son to get married. Some of the young ones, what? He begged him? Bro, I begged my parents and they never let me get married. The opposite of today. His father had to beg Abdullah, please get married. So his father forces the man to get married. Now please, authentic haditha, I want you to imagine this. Abdullah, young man, never seen a woman, not like you and I, never seen a woman in haram. No, you know, he lives in Medina, everyone is covered. He's probably never seen a woman in his life. His father urges the man to get married. Then on the night of his wedding, imagine this, you're a young man, you got a beautiful bride that's fixed herself up, she's all, she's all pampered up, she's ready to go, she's sitting there, you know, it's her wedding night. 
She's waiting there on the bed. She's waiting for her young husband to come. He has a young bride in there. He comes home after Isha. His wife is waiting. What do you think is going to take place? So he comes home. And he says to her, look, uh, this is the wedding night, yeah? He says to her, look, uh, Malesh, forgive me, but do you think I can pray two rakat before, you know? So, so, which woman's going to say no? She's thinking, yeah, yeah, of course, ma'am. I'm waiting, inshallah. You, 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 <laughs> you pray, you know? He's wedding night. So he walks into the room. He says, Allahu Akbar. And praises two rakat from Isha to Fajr. And she's waiting. So I'm sure she fell asleep a hundred times. So she said, look, mashallah, this wali I married, you know. So she thought, look, definitely he's going to go pray Fajr. And then, yani, khalas, it's on. So he goes to pray Fajr. He comes back. She's waiting there with that smile and, and he said, oh, he says, oh, wallah, forgive me, but I'm fasting today. I said, what? For three days in a row, he fasted the days and prayed the night and his bride sat there fully adorned, untouched. Untouched. Pray to, wallahi, I wouldn't have even prayed Aisha altogether. For three days in a row. So Amr ibn al-As, he comes after three days, you know, he wants to check up on his new daughter-in-law. So he comes up to his daughter-in-law, he says, so, you know, what do you reckon of Abdullah, you know? <laughs> she goes, well, I don't know, you know him better than me, man. I've been there for three days, he hasn't touched me yet. So he was so angry, he grabs his son, takes him to the Prophet of Allah, he says, you deal with this guy, man. This guy, he's killing me. Wallahi, I didn't share this to entertain you. To understand what sort of man Abdullah was. So for Abdullah now to sit in a gathering and the Prophet of Allah promises someone paradise and he didn't promise him paradise, this wasn't something he took very lightly. So Abdullah comes to this man and he puts together, you know, as I say back home, film Hindi, you know, like, like a Bollywood movie, you know, like, like a lie. He says to him, look, you know, me and my father, we've had some dramas, you know, do you think maybe I can stay at your place for three days? He, he wants to suss out, you know, what's, what's this man doing I'm not doing? He says, yes, 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 of course, please, you know, come, you are my guest. So Abdullah says, I watched him like a hawk. What's he doing I'm not doing, man? He says, so, you know, we prayed, Isha, we came home. I thought, 100%, he's going to crack the hajjud now all night. He says, and to my amazement, he came home, he went to sleep, woke up just before Fajr, prayed some tahajjud, and went and prayed fajr. He says, I was shocked. I thought, look, haram, maybe it was an off night. Make him excuses. Today, you and I don't want to make excuses. No, 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 no. 100% that's what his intention was. So Abdullah says, look, I made some excuses for the man. He says he slept. He slept the night, woke up just before fajr. He prayed some tahajjud. He said, we went together to pray fajr. He said, 100% he's fasting. He says, to my amazement, we came home and he made some breakfast and he invited me for breakfast. I thought, what? What's going on? He says, for three days in a row, he didn't fast a day of them and he only, you know, he only prayed a portion of the nights. So after three days, Abdullah is going to rip himself apart. He says, look, come here, man. 
says, I don't have any dramas with my father. But for three days, the Prophet of Allah was promising you paradise. So I wanted to see what you do that's so special. So I got news for you. He says, I watch you for three days and there's nothing special about you, man. As far as actions are concerned, I'll put you in my pocket any day of the week. So the man goes, no, Allah, Abdullah, this, this, this is it, man. I'm not, I'm not hiding anything from you. This, this is who I am. He says, are you sure there's nothing that... He goes, no, Wallahi, as you see. He says, okay, fine. Thank you very much. Thank you for your hospitality. You know, he packs his bag and he leaves. So as Abdullah walks away, the man remembers something. He says, oh, Abdullah. He says, yes, what's that? He says, there is one thing that I do. He says, please tell me. He says, every single night, please listen. He says, every single night when I put my head on the pillow... I forgive every single Muslim in my heart. Abdullah says, by Allah, this is the action that has made you from the people of Jannah. Today we like big names of companions like Khalid bin Walid and Umar bin Khattab. And of course these are all. But what about companions like Abu Damdam? Abu Damdam in the authentic hadith, the Prophet of Allah was collecting charity from amongst the companions and the sahaba were standing up giving big money. Our Prophet of Allah, this much gold. Our Prophet of Allah, this much and this much. And Abu Damdam sat there, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he was a poor man who had nothing. So he felt so bad in his heart. So he makes an oath between him and Allah. He says, oh Allah, tonight I sacrifice and I give up my ard and my honor and my rights. I give it up to the Muslims. So the next morning, the Prophet of Allah gathers the companions and says, Who is the one who gave up his honor and his rights? and his pro- Who is the one that made the charity between him and Allah last night? Who is he? So Abu Damdam became so embarrassed. The Prophet of Allah, after insisting, Who are you? And make yourself exposed. Abu Damdam, embarrassed, stands up and he says, Oh Prophet of Allah, it is I. He says, by Allah, Abu Damdam, Allah accepted your charity last night. Where is this quality? Where is this quality? And for years, the Prophet of Allah, after this, whenever the companions would crawl, Wallahi, whenever they would dispute, he would say, why can't you be like Abu Damdam? Nah, don't tell me about these stories, man. Don't tell me about these stories. And let me end. I've got two minutes. I said forgiveness is an issue of Iman. Yes or no? You might think, you know what? I've had some dramas with this person. The hell with them. I hope they die. I hope Allah destroys them. I'm going to stay away. And many of us, we think, you know what? I don't need that person in my life. Let me carry on with my deen. And let me do things. And what, you know, and, and... Well, wallahi, my brothers, I've got news for you. If you think that I can have a fight with you or a dispute with you and you go your separate way and I go my separate way, if you think that, look, let me go to Hajj, let me do a couple of Umrahs, let me grow a nice beard or maybe wear a niqab and that will suffice for the drama between me and that person, I have news for you, man. Authentic hadith. And please listen. The Prophet of Allah, he says, every single Thursday, your weekly actions are collected, they're gathered, and they're presented before Allah. And Allah forgives all sins, except, except, except those who have dramas between each other. 
boy, did I leave the best to last. So I don't care what you're going to come with. You could have had a problem with your brother or your sister or, or anyone else for that matter. And you no longer speak. And since that time, you memorized Quran. You've been to Hajj every year since then. And Allahu Akbar, you've had a thousand people become Muslim on your hands. I'm going to tell you everything you did from that moment till now equals to a big fat zero in the eyes of Allah. Boy, do I love this topic because it really gets in there, man. Don't think, you know, I can walk around with a nice, uh, nice beard and a nice white abay and my big stomach and say, look at me, I'm the ideal Muslim, man. Islam gets right in there, bro. Islam will break that pride. It will break that nafs. And until you understand that you are nothing, you value to nothing, you equal to nothing, all pride, all honor, all status belongs to Allah and not to us, you're in a world to hurt, man. So my brothers, my time is up again. Forgive one another. Have mercy amongst one another so the one in the heavens can show mercy upon us. Often when I ask Allah for forgiveness, I lack the sincerity in my words. Someone told me that if I don't have the sincerity, I should not ask Allah for forgiveness. Is that so? No, this is not so. You never stop a good action because sincerity is not there. This is the first trick of shaitan. Shaitan will come to you and tell you, brother and sister, stop doing this good action because your intention is not correct. The scholars say you keep on doing the good action and you work on your intention. You don't stop the good action and then say, look, I'm going to stop my action. I'm going to work on my sincerity and then I'll come back and do the action. In almost every case, you would have lost both ends. No, you keep on doing the good action and you work on your sincerity and you work on your niyyah with Allah Azza wa Jal. So my sister or whoever, the, you know, who, who, whoever that was, if you're asking Allah for forgiveness, keep on asking Allah and work on your intention, inshallah. Jazakallah khair, Sheikh. Uh, I think we have a question from the brothers. It wasn't really speaking, it was more shouting. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> uh, thank you for speaking. Um, I'm a Christian, yeah. so thank, thank you for allowing me to come here to this conference. Um, I have a question about forgiveness. Um, I agree with a lot of things you say about forgiveness, and I think it's so important to forgive each other uh, because how can we expect God to forgive us if we don't forgive each other? Uh, but for me, uh, you know, I, we agree that God is holy and that God is just and that God will punish sin. Um, I struggle to understand the Islamic concept that God can forgive sin without any punishment, without any consequences. Um, it seems almost like he can ignore sin. Uh, but from that my he can what, sorry, ignore sin? 
Yeah, uh, if you if you ask for forgiveness in Islam, it seems that God will ignore your sin. Uh, but that seems, uh, um, from my perspective, I think God hates sin and God will destroy yes. sin. Yes. Uh, so can you please explain this? Okay. Um, inshallah, before I do so, I really need to clarify my position. I'm really not the best to speak about, especially with comparative religions. I'm sure there's better people fit for this. Um, there's a few things that I can just, yani, I would like to clarify both for Muslims and non-Muslims. Number one, Allah forgives all sins. But Allah is also just. Allah will never forgive me for a sin that was... If I perform a sin that harmed an individual, Allah cannot forgive me for that sin. Why? Because I took the right of an individual, therefore I need to seek forgiveness from that individual. Allah cannot forgive an individual for something that he harmed someone else with. So in Islam, and this is important for Muslims, Allah forgives all sins that's between you and Allah. Allah can do as He pleases, but Allah is just. Don't ever think that I can steal money from this brother, but I'll patch it up with lots of dua and lots of salah and lots of whatever you want and think that Allah is going to forgive me for it. No, Allah will forgive me for the sin of maybe stealing. But Allah, it's, Allah says it's not in his place to forgive me for harming him. You need to seek permission and forgiveness from that brother. So as far as Islam is concerned, yes, Allah forgives all sins, but not sins that have to do with other people. You need to seek forgiveness from each other. And then, what, and then whatever is between us and Allah Azza wa Jal, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can forgive. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as the, as the young man was saying that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hates sin and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will destroy sin, right? So he's saying that God hates sin and that God will destroy sin. Yes, of course. But Allah in his nature, he says my mercy, he says my mercy and my forgiveness overpowers, overcomes my wrath. Whatever is between you and Allah Azza wa Jal, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can forgive all sins. Anyone who seeks forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, so long as my crime is between me and Allah, Allah can forgive. As far as the Islamic perspective is concerned, what separates Muslims from anything else is that as a, you know, as a Muslim, we don't need permission from anyone. I don't need to go to any man or to any concept or to any idol or to anything. If I've done sin, if I've done wrong in my life, between me and Allah, any place, any situation, wherever you are, whoever you are, you turn to God, you raise your hands, you ask for forgiveness, and Allah says, I will forgive all sin. This is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, I really hope that answers. If it doesn't answer, I'm sure there's some brothers in the crowd that would love to help you out. They're more fit for the job. Forgive me, I'm not, I'm not sort of best for it, inshallah. I think we have a question from the sister's side. Please, uh, sorry, sister, before you talk, uh, you know, brothers and sisters, if you're walking around to do something, I understand. But when you talk, it's very disrespectful for the ones who are asking the questions and the ones who are... So please, inshallah, if we can just have some quiet, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you. How can you seek someone's forgiveness if you have spoken about them badly, but you don't want to go to their face and mention it to them? Wallahi, I'm sorry, can you speak... Uh, just How can you seek someone's forgiveness? If you have spoken about them badly, but you don't want to go to their face, but you don't want to mention it to them, basically. Well, you see, you don't have to mention exactly what the sin is. You know, sometimes in this confrontation of going to the person, there's a lot of purification in that. But, Some, do, you but do you still have to go to them and tell them that you've yes, spoken about them? 
Yeah, of course. Well, 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 you see, one is acknowledging that I was in the wrong. So let's say, for instance, I've harmed you. Yeah. And I, again, this is brother or brother and sister and sister. I don't want all the brothers now to go back to their ex-girlfriends and say, oh, Allah, tabarakallah, forgive me, I spoke about you. No, so th- this is all right. But so say, for instance, you know, I've harmed my brother and I've spoken about him, I've slandered him. Then yes, you know, this is deen. It's not easy. You need to man up, right? You've done wrong. You need to go to this person sincerely with love in your heart and say, my brother, wallahi, forgive me, but I have said things that have, you know, I've said things to harm you. I have done some bad things towards you and I'm asking for your forgiveness. You don't have to, oh yeah. And one time I, you know, and one time I said you look like an animal and I think one time I said you look like, you don't have to get into the details, but that person has a right. If that person says, no, I want to know exactly what you said, then that person has that right. And if you think that's too hard, well, then that's a lesson to never do it again. You know? But if you've harmed someone, go to that person and say, my brother or my sister, you know, I've spoken ill about you. I've said some things about you that that I shouldn't have said. I've acknowledged that I'm in the wrong. You know, it was wrong for me to do it. I was ignorant at the time. I ask Allah for forgiveness and I'm asking you for forgiveness. And anyone, anyone who asks for your forgiveness and you don't forgive them, wallahi, woe to you, man. Really. Someone comes to you, he humbles themselves before you and they ask for your forgiveness and you say, no, nah, I don't want to forgive you. Wallah, you're, you're, you're really in a world to hurt, man. Sorry. Jazakallah khair. I think we have another question from sisters. Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh. I was wondering, if you do an action towards a person and you ask for forgiveness, but they don't forgive you, where do you go from there? Was your question if you've hurt someone and you ask them for forgiveness and they don't forgive you, what do you do? Yes. Is that the question? Okay. Um, I've done something to hurt someone. I've seek this person's forgiveness. This person doesn't want to forgive me. Then you need to do your best. And Allah knows what your best is. Allah knows what your best is. Many of us say, well, you know, have you, uh, look, I don't know if you have this culture here, but I know it's there in Sydney. Do you guys get that text message before the season of Hajj, you know, two, three weeks before Hajj? Alhamdulillah, by the blessing of Allah, inshallah, ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed me and my family, and this year we'll be going to do Hajj, inshallah, ta'ala. So please, inshallah, ta'ala, if I've ever hurt you or harmed you or spoken ill about you, please forgive me. Do you guys have this culture here? Yeah? I don't think I've ever seen more, I don't think I've ever seen a more pathetic message than this one. Really. You know what? Sometimes I get the message, I don't know who the person is. Like there's actual no name. It's just a phone number. So you know what I say? Wallahi, I always reply, no, I don't forgive you. And then, and then I get, astaghfirullah, how come you know? Well, number one, I don't know who you are. <laughs> and I don't know what you're asking forgiveness for. This is not forgiveness. Don't think you can patch up, you know, slamming me and wiping me with the floor, right? And disgracing me and my family and causing harm towards me by a little text message. And then you say to yourself, well, look, you know what, I've done my part. If he forgives, if he gives, if he doesn't, well, then the hell with him, you know. No, that's not how it works. Yeah, really, that's not how it works. You know, when, when, when will we start to stand up and man up to our responsibilities? You did wrong, then stand up like a man and admit you did wrong. Um, what if, um, if you ask your parents several times for forgiveness and they don't forgive you, what should you do? And it's the same thing with, um, we have a similar question, but 
it's um, what if a non-Muslim does you wrong? Do you still, you know, no? What if you do something wrong to a non-Muslim? Do you, you do you still have to go and ask for forgiveness? Yeah, of course, of course. You know, and, if and what about the parents? The, yeah. age, the person has asked for forgiveness several times, but they okay. don't forgive them. Any person that's had some issues with their parents and you've asked for forgiveness again and again and again with your parents in specific, you keep on asking to the day you die. Really. And if your parents refuse to forgive, look, as long as you genuine, you sincerely ask and that person doesn't forgive you, then that burden has been lifted off you. You've done your part. But that doesn't mean, though, that, look, I asked for their forgiveness. They didn't forgive me. So now I can go back and reinstigate the issue and justify my actions with the fact that I asked. No. I asked the person. I humbled myself. I did my utmost best. And they still don't want to forgive me. Then in your heart, make dua for them. And ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Say, Allah, I hurt this person. I understand that they don't want to forgive me. I've done my best. I really am genuine and sincere. Right? And then, Allahu A'lam, maybe you in your own mind, you can suss it out. Maybe you think, man, maybe right now is not the best time. Maybe I'll give it a couple of weeks. Maybe I'll give it a couple of months. Maybe I'll come back and I'll try again. You know? But as long as the initial step is taken, if the person refuses to forgive you, whether it's your parent or anyone else, these people have to stand before Allah, really, and they're going to have to answer to that, man. And that's not something like... Sorry, sister. I think we have one question over here. If, uh, what should you do in terms of dictators who are killing Muslims uh, in different places, for example, Bashar, should, we, should, should you forgive people like that? This is beyond me, this one. I, I'm, I'm Allahu A'lam, to the best of my knowledge, I'm sure that there was a specific category for this that I don't know about, so I won't comment about it. Okay, uh, do we have a question from sisters? Yeah. Um, to backbite a non-Muslim, is that the same thing to eat the flesh of your brother? Ooh, uh, uh, again with this one man I've heard a few opinions so but backbiting in general sister should be a quality no Muslim should ever have okay really you know if if, if wallahi if I had the time I would speak about backbiting and, 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 and then I would really make you depressed really backbiting is a severe sin that we really need to get out of our lives sorry sister uh, we have another question in regards to backbiting. A person is asking, if I backbited a lot and I don't even remember all the people that are backbited, what, what should I do now if I die without telling them? Okay, if you've backbitten people and you can't remember, then remember. <laughs> really, remember. Because isn't it amazing how you never forget people that owe you money? <laughs> have you noticed you never forget them? <laughs> you... <laughs> You remember the guy who took $3 for a pie at school? Never gave you the money back? But really, do your best to remember them. Do your best. And then those who you genuinely cannot remember, genuinely, I can't remember them, then ask Allah for forgiveness on their behalf. That's, that's really... But do your best to remember them. We will take one last question. How can I forgive someone who doesn't even ask for forgiveness? Again, it's not about them. If the person, you know, he harmed me and doesn't even ask for forgiveness, it's not about them. That's between him and Allah. If I've had some dramas, sorry again, I'm, I'm going to point at Dawah, man. If, I'd, if I've had some issues with Dawah, man, yeah, yeah, and we've had some dramas and he doesn't even want my forgiveness. He makes it clear, the hell with you, I don't even want your forgiveness, get out of here. Even then, I need to come to him and tell him, look, whether you forgive me or you don't, 
that's between you and Allah. But I want you to know that I forgive you and I ask Allah and I hope that you can also forgive me. So da'wah man, you need to know as of this moment I have nothing in my heart towards you man.